Is that it? You're nodding at me. I am nodding at you. I usually point, but I decided not to be as aggressive. You give me like a firm finger point, but today you gave me like a subtle eyebrow. Exactly. I appreciate that. Just like (laughs) look at you with the subtlety. I wanted to be not as, you know, I wanted to be more subtle in 2019. (laughs) Goals. It's good to have goals. Yeah. What up, Fives is listeners? Hi, Fives. Hey, Fives. The tens are here. <laughs> the tens are here. The tens have arrived. Yes. Um, though it's currently 2019, mm-hmm. we're going to pause and give you the end of 2018 today. Yeah. This is our time of the month. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a heavy month. Oh, my gosh. This this month knew how to pack it in. Sure did. Sure did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm Wendy. I'm Joe. Safine. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, I was so gay into the in, in December. In December. <laughs> yes. I can imagine. I mean, the sparkle lights alone. Oh my gosh! Goodness. I was gayer than a Christmas tree. I bought a lot of rompers in December. Really? <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> I got a lot of jumpsuits. You got a lot of, but like, do those are those functional in a winter climate? In San Diego, yes. Oh, well, yeah. yes. Yeah. I should also preface this episode to our fives of listeners that I sound real thick right now because I just, I got off a plane from Long Island last night. Ooh. So. She's fresh. I am coming at you live from the tri-state area. Yes. <laughs> I still have. Unlike Tiffany Haddish, you ready? Pizza and bagels <laughs> up to my eyeballs still. Jeez. Um, so here we go. Yeah. Let's do it. Go All on. All right. This was December of 2018. We are going to cover the Kevin Hart Oscar host <clears throat> Scandalo. Scandalo. And we're still hostless mm-hmm. right now. Um, we need to cover the marvelous Mrs. Maisel season two. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk a touch about RuPaul. Because <laughs> RuPaul had a drag race holiday special uh, as well as launching the new season of all stars so mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to get into that we are going to talk about dumplin dumplin <laughs> netflix own dumplin mm-hmm. uh the golden globe nods um both joe and i saw some some pretty big shit abroad yeah. i saw a bunch of stuff in new york bunch of theater there joe saw celine celine dion in Vegas. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Everything. <laughs> you saw John Legend's holiday show. I did. Um, we're going to talk about the Kennedy Center honors because every year should end mm-hmm. properly mm-hmm. with the Kennedy Center honors. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And maybe, maybe we'll talk about the shit show that was New Year's Eve <laughs> on CNN <laughs> with Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen because they were just a mess. I'm going to say that I... When they got rid of Kathy, I Mm. stopped. I'm going to say that just, I mean, CNN on New Year's Eve always sounds like it's going to be a good idea, but then you realize that none of those people are fun. They don't know how to be fun because they're not entertainers. They're reporters, right? right? They're reporters and they're, (laughs) and it's like they, they're thinking about, okay, so I can't go off right now. Because I still have yeah. to be, report so the news. So you just get like a drunk Don Lemon. Oh, I do love and drunk I Don love Lemon. I love <laughs> drunk Don Lemon. I live for She drunk is messy Don drunk and I love she it. She is on the floor, can't count backwards from 10. Mm-hmm. Love her. Um, but I think CNN always like just kind of relies on like, let's pick the gay guy because he'll be fun. Yeah. And, <laughs> and let's bring the gay guy's best they friend. They forget that the gay guy is a Vanderbilt. Yeah. And <laughs> just real boring. But exactly. But, uh, Vanderbilt as in Gloria, y'all. Okay. GVB. Yeah. Um, 
but I think that that's kind of why I watch it to just kind of like live in the train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there it is. We've discussed it. All right. Let's, um, let's start at the start with a Kevin Hart. Oh man. Oscar host. The most fresh thing right now. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about what happened and why? So with a Kevin Hart Escandalo, um, he was announced that he was going to be the host of the Oscars. Which is a huge honor for any comedian. Yeah, huge, huge, magnificent honor. I mean, he's joining like Billy Crystal. He's joining... Bob Hope. Bob Hope. uh, You know, all these... Exactly. Yeah. All of these big people. But, however... (laughs) He it was it was also recent it was also revealed shortly after that that there were some problematic tweets that he had left up on his Twitter regarding homophobia and a part of his act where he was talking about like what if his son was gay and like wanting to like beat the shit out of him. Something along Specifically those lines. Specifically like yeah. gay black men mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really derogatory shit. That was just there for everyone to see. And so that came to light. And then was he asked to step down or he decided to? It was such a Twitter firestorm and such a social media thing in the news everywhere that he stepped down. He stepped down. He stepped down. Now. Okay. So we are currently still without an Oscar host. Mm -hmm. This is tantamount to my existence here because I'm like, who is hosting my fucking Oscars this year? However, um, look, folks, if you've if you fives have been listening since the start, you know, you know that this is this is my nom, man. Yeah, this is it. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is everything. However, the aftermath now of this Kevin Hart bullshit boo boo mess um, is pretty significant because mm-hmm. then recently he went on Ellen. So recently he went on Ellen. So and and it's as recent as yesterday or the day before mm-hmm. that it was announced that Kevin Hart was going to go on the Ellen show and that Ellen basically I, and again, I didn't I purposely did not watch the interview because I did not want Ellen to break my heart. Uh, but Ellen basically really divisive right forgives now. him and you know, allows, says that he makes a case for him to actually be back, be the host. And a lot of the LGBT community is like, mm-hmm. sit down, Ellen, mm-hmm. go to bed. Exactly. Like you are rich. She rich. White. She's a rich white woman. Woman. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And this is about gay black men. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a very specific subset that she does not belong to. Yeah. Um, and so people are contesting whether or not she's a voice in this argument. Yeah. Our heroes, it's it's unfortunate because like people who are prominent in the community who are our heroes for the most part, who led the way, they're it, And there's no denying what Ellen has done for Exactly. The there is no denying yes. what she has done for opening kicking down doors and breaking through ceilings and everything. However, we're in a point right now where the word intersectionality <laughs> is yeah. like something that people need to really get on board with Mm -hmm. (laughs) and everyone else is pretty much on board with it. And it's the people who are like the forefathers and our forebearers who either need to like step aside or just realize that, Hey, maybe they don't have a dog in this fight, but like, you know, they also had to, it's, it's the same thing kind of when you're talking about, I think when we talked about RuPaul and um, the season, trans conversation and the trans conversation, mm-hmm. but also season ten with uh, the vixen, where you know RuPaul has had to do a lot of things to get into those rooms mm-hmm. with those like bearded white men who control everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to 
do that to a certain extent. Yeah. And then you don't realize, like, especially with Ellen, I can see how she probably doesn't realize that, you know, her, that race plays a, plays a thing in this, that her privilege as a white person plays a privilege. Of course. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah. Uh, stay tuned. It's an ongoing conversation, but it's. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Who would you want to host? Oh, God. I mean, let's put it out there, right? Everyone's everyone's throwing their hats in the ring, I so. Know. I think that Oscar gets it wrong when they do, like, the dual hosts. Mm-hmm. Like, that year that they did, like, James... James Franco and Franco. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, that was such a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think sticking with, like, the classics, you mm-hmm. know, like... I, I think the one year they brought Billy Crystal back was also a mess. Mm-hmm. I think he's past his prime um i would love to see like a Kristen bell or mm-hmm. you know like someone who's like a young up or like fallon like someone who's like yeah. a delight and who i don't mind jimmy kimmel i love kimmel yeah. i think seth myers is when he did a, an amazing job hosting the golden globes last year mm-hmm. um i think the time for like we need someone who's delightful, but also someone mm-hmm. who's not afraid to speak on shit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I'm interested to see, though. I said Whoopi did a great job hosting. Yeah. Whoopi did a good job. I feel like I feel like you have to have someone who knows how to propel things forward, but also is a way to ground things. So, like, yeah. a Seth Meyers or a Stephen Colbert, uh-huh. who's, you know, their comedy is very much politically Colbert charged. Colbert would be great. Yeah, because Colbert also comes from performance background. Exactly, he he great. has a theatrical background, mm-hmm. so he knows how to. That's do why, all like that. all the performers who host are really, really great. Like a Hugh Jackman, like a mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris. You mm-hmm. know, like the people who are song and dance men, like or women, um, mm-hmm. are really like they put on a good show. Yeah, and so I'm here for all that. We'll see, though. Stay tuned. We'll see. Stay we might tuned. have to do an emergency episode when we Kevin find out. Kevin Hart can eat a bag of dicks, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, let's talk about Mrs. Maisel. Ooh. First of all, I need to state, for the record, fives of listeners, that I believe the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. to be the most perfect television. Full stop. Hmm. Okay. Like, full stop. Like, Amy Sherman Palladino has, like, done amazing stuff in the past. Gilmore was awesome. Mm -hmm. But, like, flawed. There are some big holes in Gilmore. Um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is fucking perfection from head to toe. Yeah. Season two. You're not finished with it. No. I'm I'm chipping away at it because Uh I almost don't want it to be over. Because it's so good. But I'm almost, but I'm, I'm pretty much there. So. It's so good. It's just, it's so, it really truly is. And you can tell that, like, you know, after season one, she went back and was like, oh, I have Tony Shalhoub. Oh, I have, like, I have a right? lot more. Look at who I have. Look at she who I have. tools at her dispense. Yeah. Yeah. I can't get enough of Abe Weissman. I really can't. Uh-huh. He's just so. <laughs> I cannot get enough of Susie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the episode where she was like camp counselor that had gotten lost or mm-hmm. like camp janitor walking around with her plunger, like mm-hmm. um, where like there was a search and rescue out for Susie. Did I you know. see that one yet? Yes, I did. I, I mean, Susie's my spirit animal. Yeah. I love that she's like, fuck you people, I hate you, but also is like a very mm-hmm. thoughtful, deep 
caring and deeply feeling person. And I love that. I did love that we got a Derek, like we got like shirtless Derek Klena as the, or AKA Dimitri from the, from Broadway Uh Anastasia, who was Mm -hmm. just like shirtless the entire summer. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Amy. Thanks for that. I mean, I just, I also love, it's so period. It is so Mm -hmm. perfectly period in the like, packing a trailer for a summer away and the dresses and the evening, like when you're in upstate New York where it's hot and humid and sticky, like mm-hmm. these women were still in like full, like amazing cocktail dresses all the time. Ugh. Yeah. I just, it's beautiful. The costumes it's are so great. perfect. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. But also like every single reference, like it, they just so beautifully capture that time from dialogue to circumstance to, to the nightclubs, to the summer camps, to the bathing suit competitions, to, you know. There's also just such, like, an earnestness. Like, you, they've been up to, like, the whole, everything at the, um, at Steiner, at Steiner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everything at Steiner was great. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God. To the department stores, yeah. To the department stores. Like, you just never, you're never going to get that again. Yeah. The Camelot references, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just beautiful. You're never going to get like a family going away for the whole summer. No. And it's like every asinine activity that you could do. But also so groundbreaking in that this was like a divorced family going away Mm -hmm. for the summer. And how do you return to a place that you've grown up going to now as exes Mm -hmm. and the scandal surrounding that. It's just so Mm -hmm. fucking good. Also, Zachary Levy. Zach Levi is my favorite. First of all, I have loved him since... um, No, since um, Tangled. Oh, that's right. He is in Tangled. Yeah, he is. I've never seen Tangled. Hey, Flynn Rider. Um, <laughs> Josephine, who are you? I've seen French extreme horror from early 2000s, but I, I've not seen Tangled. No, I know. <laughs> Nor have you seen The Princess Bride. Nor have I seen The Princess Bride I... or, or The Goonies or... Um, uh, what's some other? Look in my face. I know. I look. I'm. I can't look at your face. The disappointment. I blame Guam. <laughs> I, I do often. I'm blaming a whole it's island, an island. <laughs> on your lack of '80s culture. Anyway, but Tangled was not '80s. It was quite recent. Yes, and I mean, Mandy Moore. Yes, but it's it's like the most charming. I own it. We'll watch it together. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, but Mrs. Maisel, Amy yes. Sherman Palladino, you keep up that good work. You keep doing that. Yes, please don't go too kooky crazy. Like nah, they're giving nah. you a budget. Like it, everything in this, everything so far that I've seen as long has as worked. She keeps sweeping Emmys. Like she's not going anywhere. Exactly. Just keep your head on. You keep wearing those kooky top hats, and you make good television. Exactly. So, like, let me ask you this: yeah. since you're a Gilmore fan too, uh-huh. where in the where in the Gilmore Girls could you have done without, excluding season seven because she wasn't a part? So, like, oh. do you know what I mean? Like, where did she go cuckoo Lulu crazy? Oh. Like, when did it stop being perfection and it started being like, bah! Um. And it's, we're not here to disparage Amy Sherman Palladino. No, we're not. But like, you know. But I remember there being some big plot holes. And I, f- I, off the top of my head, I am not thinking of them right now. Okay. But get back to me on that. Okay. And let's discuss that again. We'll, we'll have to discuss it because when you, when you, I'll, that was something you marinate on when you're, you know, sitting at home. I will. I will. When I'm painting my nails, I'll think about it. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh yeah, that. And then you'll text me, it has come to me, yes, the answer. I will. I totally will. Um, let's talk about Rue. 
Mama Ro. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Was it just not the biggest gay nonsense? Did you watch the holiday special? I couldn't. I couldn't watch the whole thing, but I watched as much as I could get through. It was through. a throwaway stupid musical episode. I mean, like, um, are we going to just, is it just to promote your album? Of course. Like, of course it is. <laughs> but they brought back a couple of fun ladies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who was big girl that I loved on last season? You know who I'm talking about. Mm. She was the one who like returned because of the ankle thing and then came back. Oh, Eureka. Eureka. We love her. We love Eureka. We stand stand a big queen. We love her. I'm all for a big queen. Um, So, yeah, she was back. You know, it was a stupid Fufu Lala musical episode. Exactly. But we need to talk about All Stars. So at this time. You will have more to say about this than I will. So All Stars. So listen, this is a Latrice podcast <laughs> we are firmly in camp latrice. we are firmly in camp latrice however comma yeah as of last night our queen spoiler i know spoiler alert our queen is gone our queen has left the building and we're not happy about this no however we're also not happy about this because it was kind of deserved yeah she was not bright and shiny this season. And it was too in, any in a row. Other, in any other way other than she is a beloved queen. Mm-hmm. And last night when it came to elimination, that was talked about. And it was talked about in just that like there's been no queen that's been more beloved than me. And it's like, well, that's, yes, correct. But Trinity brought it up when she was like, I'm sorry, but just because you're loved doesn't mean that you're not performing here, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, that's not a reason to keep you. If there are other Queens who are outshining you in this competition, it's a competition. Yeah. So I think though she is forever loved and I think literally it like broke Rue's heart to like send her home. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, she's not an improv girl. She can't think like that. She's she, not. She bombed on the snatch, love connection, whatever. Hoo ha! Again, uh, again, again. And yeah. she was just not. She was so concerned with like everyone being able to say what they wanted, not just going for it. Like she yeah. just, she just needed to go for she it. She needed her moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> but yeah, but you know, I mean, who are we rooting for now? Valentina. See, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I feel like I am living for her I this mean, season. Valentina, Valentina, yes, I am living, but like I'm here for Manila because of like the OG mm-hmm. factor. Yes. I'm cool. here for Manila. Got it. I you know who I'm starting to like that I'm I did was all about Valentina. You know who I'm starting to like that I wasn't going into? Who? Trinity. Really? I was like, okay, like I think she's I think she's very much she's the person who like started out as one thing and she's then she's got a smart mouth on and her, then yeah. realized, oh, I'm actually this and then capitalized on it. She's an Alyssa Edwards in that regard. Yeah. Because Alyssa Edwards started out as it's just about I'm beauty, a beauty beauty pageant and then found looks. Comedy, yeah. And then found comedy and was like, Oh, I'm actually funny as I am. Mm-hmm. So like I, I like Trinity her growth. She entered this this year. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. On like a Bianca Del Rio tip, mm. you know, like kind of chasing that a little, um, and yeah, I yeah, I think she's doing really well. But Valentina, mm-hmm. what I live for every single week mm-hmm. is her looks when she's walking into the runway, mm-hmm. like just into the workroom. Oh yes, like every day serving a look. 
as she walks into the workroom. Yeah. And I live for her. But also the um uh every time she's like interviewed, mm-hmm. like all of like the you know, what am I what the word? The confessionals? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the beret? Yes. With the beret, with no eyebrows and just her bare nails. Like I mm-hmm. j- She's hysterical, like every time. And so I just, I'm here for her. She's like, I don't trust that bitch. And she's smart about it too. Yeah. Like when Manila approached her and said like, well, if I save you, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, don't choose me because of that. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to save you if it comes to that. You know? And she's she like, was honest. she is smart. Yeah. She's playing the game really smart. And so I'm here for her. She also called her, I love that because she called her out in front of in front of the in front of America. Yes. Um, yeah, I was just like, dang, okay, like way to make it seem like, okay, so if you don't choose me, that means you're afraid and you don't deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. She also turned around and said to Trinity mm-hmm. last night, Oh, if if it was my choice and I had to choose between you and Latrice, I'm not gonna be the one who sends Latrice home. I send you. <laughs> <laughs> she straight up was like, No, Mm-mm. she's loved. No. <laughs> They already hate me. I know, and Trinity was like, what, <laughs> bitch? And like, it's just amazing. Anyway. I like, it's like, they already hate me. It's the best. She's right. I know. It's awesome. She did slay, I will say that she did slay that Ariana Grande song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not here for Monet. Monet needs Mm-mm. to go. Mm-mm. Get out of here, Monet Exchange. I get Monet and Monique constantly <laughs> flip-flopped. <laughs> Constantly, just because mm-hmm. their names are so similar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like, who's the one who's like the, the brown cow? That's Monique. Ooh-ah-ah sensation. Ooh-ah-ah sensation. Like, you, can you stop saying that, please? Because we're done now. And yes. stop dressing like a cow. It does you no favors. I was like, wow, we, we're really leaning into <laughs> whatever brand. Wow, so you really went there. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? Spend less money on the cow and more money on natural hair wigs. And teeth. Can oh. we fix those? Girl, I said it. <laughs> Hold on, here's a fan. Oh, oh that shade. I'm not shade. trying to be shady, but yo. Everyone else got their teeth fixed? Right? Yes. So that's Monique. Mm-hmm. And then... And then, wait. Mo- Naomi's just fading into the background. Wait. So wait, it's Monique. Monique? Monet. Wait, Monique is brown cow? Monique is brown cow. <laughs> okay. Monet is uh, Mon- the opera singer from St. Lucia. Monet w- went as a Kardashian last night. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she's kind of doing nothing for me right now. No, she's next. I think she's next. Yeah. She should have been last night. Mm. But brown cow saved her. She- her name is brown cow now. We're yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm that, but you know, brown cow stunning was like, blah. <laughs> Brown cow saved her, and brown cow needs to get feet, teeth fixed and mm-hmm. and get gone. Yeah, uh, but I'm um, yeah. I think in the end, it's going to come down to Valentina. It's going to come down to Monet, uh, not Monet, um, Manila, Manila, and, Tr- and Trinity, and Trinity, the three of them. Yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah, I think that that path is really clear. So who else is is in the mix right now? Naomi, Naomi Smalls, um, who's doing well. Who's hasn't yeah. like stood out yet, but she's doing well. She's yeah, keeping she's, up. She's calcu- she's being very calculated uh-huh. right now. Like she's giving you just enough. She's achieving, uh-huh. but she's also just like kind of you know. Not, yeah, 
Yeah, and now that Latrice is out of the mix, oh well. And also, thank God Gia is out of the mix. Lord, she is a messy bitch that lives for drama. I mean, it's just that. It's like the shit stirring. And I think at the beginning of last night's episode, um, Manila said, you know, she's really focused on her transition right now and mm-hmm. throwing drag into the mix. It starts to feel like a job. Yeah. Um, and can can then get in the way of like your transition and yeah. and the focus there and all mm-hmm. that. And that's, yes, mm-hmm. great. And what she's done for representation is wonderful. It doesn't excuse you being a fucking bitch. Mm-mm. She is such a cunt. I can't mm-hmm. deal with her. When she went up to Farah and was like, you know, uh, all, your whole uh, team your whole th- team thinks you're going to leave, so I wanted to clear the air before you go. I was first like, of all, I know. Oh, can we talk about Farrah Moan's white girl dance, though? I mean, has there ever been a whiter girl dancing? No. No. I mean, has there ever been a whiter man dressed as a woman dancing? Mm, Or an actual white girl dancing? She had a lot of foundation on her. Was that just me? (laughs) She did. She. Oh, God. She was just just bad from Mm -hmm. the get. The last thing I'll say about Gia Gunn is that, you know, one thing she said on their episode, on her final episode, was that, you know, I'm tired of people seeing me as a man dressed as a woman. I mm-hmm. am a woman. And I'm like, okay, but you are doing drag. But then you came on this show. But you came on this you show. This. Yeah. You are working as a drag queen. Yeah. And, like, you know... You you kind of have to you kind of have to like at some point it's like okay well we're we want to consider you like you are a woman you're like the first like your first presenting woman to come out and like compete compete sure you know because like even when peppermint was on mm-hmm. um you know peppermint still uh wasn't like full presenting the way that Gia Gunn was mm-hmm. but but yeah I mean it's one of those things where it's like you are also participating in an activity that is this and if uh-huh. you don't want to be considered that then maybe we need to like rethink about some things. Sure. And so, yeah. Well, <sighs> she's gone, though. Good riddance. She is Ben Affleck gone, girl. <laughs> I, I did not make that up. Stumble out of bed and I tumble to the kitchen. <laughs> Let's talk about dumpling. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> so oh, our dumpling. tribute to Dolly, mm-hmm. Netflix dumpling. Starring one Miss Jennifer Aniston. Yes. And her production company. Yeah. Yes, bought the rights. Yes. Um, yeah. All of a sudden, in like one weekend, everyone was like, I just watched Dumplin'. I just saw Dumplin'. I saw Dumplin'. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is this? And then I was like, Ugh, another fat girl story. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, do I have the headspace for this right now? I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it was a fun fat girl story I could get behind. She was she was cool. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't too... It wasn't it, groundbreaking or anything. It wasn't groundbreaking. It was like I mean, cute. like it's like <laughs> she's a fat girl who realizes it was inside her all along. I know. <laughs> Huzzah. Another fat girl story. Yes. Triumph over the fatness. Yeah. But I think, like, the familial connection of, like, getting in touch with, like, the spirit Mm -hmm. of her aunts and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I love that she kind of did that pageant as, like, a fuck you to her mother. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I love that she summoned the power of the queens. Yes. I mean, you got to love a good Ginger Minge moment. Ginge. Ginge is in, like, my top three Mm. of all time favorite I would have to. I'd have to agree there. Yeah. Yeah. We love the Ginge. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. She did really great. I mean, also like Harold Perrineau as a and Harold Perrineau and he's like the queen who comes out and he's like their leader. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did love that. I did love the like Dumplin' remix of Jolene. Yes. Um, <laughs> also, can we talk about how much of a snack that Bo is? The guy who... Yeah, I took issue with the Bo character. Hold on. Tell me. I need to know now because I need to know. I take issue with this. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> I was watching this movie and I was like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry, hot boy working at the diner mm-hmm. is not going to be after fat girl. I'm sorry. This is a controversial statement to make. The, I understand. This is a controversial statement. However, <laughs> as someone who has grown up in the fat girl headspace, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like... This was never my reality. And this is why I'm saying this. Because I'm watching mm. this and I'm like, bullshit, where was that hot dude who was in love with me? Mm-hmm. No. It's stupid. I just thought like that plot point in there was um, like the one thing that took me out of it. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like everything else I was like, yes, you get your, your hot best friend is supportive and like we'll help you through this and we'll stand there in a bathing suit mm-hmm. with you and that's great and all of that. I was like, yeah, I'm here for it. You working shit out with your mom. You, you have a hot mom. I get that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But like that piece of it, like throwing a romantic storyline into it, A, it felt unnecessary. I'm not saying it doesn't happen mm-hmm. because couples of every every pairing known to man happen every day and mm-hmm. that's wonderful. But like, for the purposes of this story, that plot line took me out of it. And I was like, okay. I'm not here for it. I didn't buy it. So here's why this is point counterpoint on Art Time of the Month. <laughs> <laughs> here's where I actually, here's where I connected with it. Go. Okay. So where I connected with it is I thought that the introduction of the Bo character was a commentary on how, uh, how it sometimes went bigger people like plus size fat obese whatever people they get into this place where it's like oh they just automatically think that they're not worthy of love mm-hmm. and that and you know yeah we of course we needed like the a classically handsome person to tell us that yes but it also shows the element of kind of like self-sabotage where it's like you just can't you obviously he's giving her signals obviously things are good but it's like you just can't get out of your own way and just accept it because yeah. you haven't accepted it in yourself I get which that. is like a personal journey that i'm on right now <laughs> and i'm hoping to do better on in 2019 i'm like is this our therapy session right now, yes welcome to our time of the month's an hour we pay someone <laughs> overpriced therapy for it but that's the thing is that like i it's it, i mean not to get too personal, but it, I did not think I was a desirable, uh, desirable sexually until I was in, I was in some guy's bed and he just like looked at me in a, in, and I was in a prone position. He looked at me in such a way that made me feel like that. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, maybe I can be this. And yeah. So I liked that comment on it when it's like, you sometimes need to also see yourself how other, another person sees you and then if that kind of sparks it. Obviously, there was a whole bunch of other things that need yeah. to go into it. I agree. I don't think that those kinds of reckonings or mm-hmm. those kinds of like self-realizations uh, and that kind of like like 
wokeness really about mm-hmm. sizeism and everything like happens in high school. I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I can see that. I I'm making that. a bunch of really broad, generalized, <laughs> awful statements right now. Well, he was also like this like classically handsome dude who went to like a prep school, but like we never really knew much about him other than how he was there to really serve. Yeah. To really serve, you know, the um, Willadine's character. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just wanted to see more of him. (laughs) I mean, I love the hair. I love lollipops and I love hairy arms. Yeah. I mean, he was cute for what it was, Mm -hmm. but it took me out of the story. True. Um, (laughs) Oh, have we lost you yet? Listeners? Are you still there? I know. I'm sorry. Are you hating me now? Sorry about it. Um, Okay. The Golden Globe nods came out. Any surprises? Any? Mm. I mean, all the big ones that we've talked about all year long. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty on board with most of it. Star How did born. you feel? I felt good. Mm-hmm. I have them all pulled up right here. Hold un momento. I'll vamp. Vamping. You are vamping. I'm vamping. Golden Globe nuts. Yeah. Um, okay. The complete lists. Come on now. Okay. So best motion picture drama. Mm-hmm. Black Panther. Black Klansman. Bohemian Rhapsody. If Beale Street Could Talk. And A Star Is Born. I think the only one of these that we have not talked about on our time is If Beale Street Could Talk. Yeah. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that yet, have you? No, I've not. I'm going to see it next weekend. Ooh. Ooh. I'm, uh, next weekend I'm doing like a screeners weekend. Oh, okay. Um, and so hopefully I will have, you know, in our January talk, be able to kind of like do a, an official breakdown of the nominees. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so that was Best Motion Picture Drama. Interesting that they put Black Panther... In drama. Mm-hmm. And it makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Best motion picture, musical, or comedy, Crazy Rich Asians, mm-hmm. The Favorite, Green Book, Mary Poppins Returns, and mm-hmm. Vice. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's. It's a real varied com- yeah, I mean, category. The Favorite, Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mary Poppins Return is is getting some good hype. Have you seen that yet? No, have you? No. Mm. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Huh. Huh. Mm. Ooh, 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 ah, sensation. Brown cow. No. <laughs> stop. Full stop. Um, yeah, I was real happy about Bradley Cooper getting nominated mm-hmm. for everything, and yeah. And Gaga has been nominated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for all of the things. On her way to that EGOT. Well, yeah, she's on her way. And didn't mm-hmm. she just get cast as, I heard rumors of she's coming to Broadway as Funny Girl. See, I've heard those rumors as well, too. I don't know that it's solidified or not, though. I mean, she's, I mean when is she going to have the time? She's gonna, she has that Vegas residency going on, which I have something to tell. Oh. About that. <gasps> yes. Mm. Put a pin in that pins right quick. Stuck. Pins, pins. We are moving into right now. Actually, don't put a pin in it. We're moving into that right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, We're moving bef- into your Vegas trips and my New York trips. Before before we go, how do we feel about the hosts for the Golden Globes? I feel like that's a weird pairing. Andy Samberg and Sandra O. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a I don't know. Yeah. Is Sandra O oh funny? I don't think I so. Think, I think she could. I think she can be funny. As we're recording this, the Golden Globes are going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah. Is she funny? <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out and we'll be talking about it next month. So. Yeah. So get ready. <laughs> get ready. Um, yeah, I have no idea. So the city of... Talk to me about Celine and also tell me when I should open my Christmas present. Okay. The city of Las Vegas. Mm, What's that like then? Oh, God. Uh, So to give you some... To give the... To set the scene, you know, I did a... I did a little road trip for two days to the city of Las Vegas um, with some gays. Mm -hmm. So I went with some gays and one straight girl because, you know... Gotta have your hag. Gotta have the hag. She had to wrangle us all. <laughs> and so we did We did that. We stayed at the Park MGM. Oh, cool. Which is the newest hotel on the Strip. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to us, uh, we arrived on a Thursday. The Friday, the next day, that was the day that they were doing their grand opening weekend. So that whole... It was popping. So you were there for like we were there. The jump. The set of the, the center of the universe. They have an Italy at that, lo- at that hotel. And they yeah. and that Italy opened the day we arrive. Okay. Um, there was a Roy Choi who is the who's a food truck guy, but he's also a celebrity chef from LA who's mm-hmm. very good. His new restaurant was opening up, mm-hmm. and that was all like everything was opening up that weekend. The main event though of that is that at the Park MGM is the Park Theater where Lady Gaga is doing her residency. Her first day was the day was the Friday that we were there. And it looks like a full Cirque show. Oh, it is nuts. Did you I, see the show? I did not see the Lady Gaga show. I've but just seen like photos and graphics from her show. It, there's like a there's like a transformer robot. Like it there is. There are pictures of yeah. Celine Dion at Lady Gaga's show Getting going ape shit. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. It it is like it is it is exactly like what I imagine those her live shows are. Mm-hmm. Like and she gives it all there. So And she's such a like Credible performer, like I'm sure she goes mm-hmm. full ham mm-hmm. eight nights a week. Apparently, she closes with shallow. Of uh, course, she does. <laughs> you know. She's so good. She's just like setting herself up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've looked at getting tickets, and you cannot. Like yeah. not until not for the next year. Uh, but yes, she's going to be doing this for a year. Um, I mean, she'll probably do it for more, depending. Like, what are her nights like? What are her full weeks like? I think it's just like a weekend. Like, I think it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then uh-huh. off, and then, or maybe like a couple weeks. Because I looked and it's like, yeah. there are dates in January, there are dates in February, and then it jumps to like May, June, and then it jumps to like August, September, you mm-hmm. know, like, so it's it's basically the same thing that Celine does too. Uh-huh. Speaking of the Grand Dame, Celine Dion. So the whole reason we're there is because Celine Dion's ending her residency in Vegas in 2019 in June. Mm -hmm. And she is, oh God, the opening, it was a sold out crowd. So she she still can sell it out. I feel like I should go. You should go. (laughs) You really should. Because if you want to get your gay ass life... Like I did <laughs> sitting in the balcony. And that's the thing. There really is no, no bad seat, no bad seat yeah. because her voice it, that, that one, that stage was built for her. That first of all, mm-hmm. let's talk about the Renaissance of Celine Dion right mm-hmm. now, because she was at her height in the nineties and then Titanic and then, and then kind of became a joke mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. a long time. Kind yeah. of was overplayed after my heart will go on, mm-hmm. became a joke, 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 joke. Um, kind of disappeared for a while. Her husband died. Her brother died. Her brother died. She has yeah. two, three kids. Yeah, three kids, and all of a sudden, 
Celine Dion reemerges back into the spotlight at mm-hmm. like Paris Fashion Week or some shit in like full head to toe, like seven looks a day regalia. Mm-hmm. And she is getting her whole goddamn life. Yeah. She is like. I'm I'm interested Everything. to see where we're. I'm interested to see where she still sounds amazing. Oh, too. she perfect. Like, and that's the thing is that like she was great live uh-huh. because she just she sounds better actually yeah. than those record. I mean, you know, obviously you, can, you nothing can top a live performance, but that mm-hmm. she sounds really great. So she comes out and th- it's a full orchestra, uh-huh. like full strings, full horns, Ugh. three backup singers. Like Gorge. Yeah. And or she just called them my professional musicians. She didn't call them my backup singers. Yeah. Because Celine. She comes out in this like glitter yellow matador outfit. Goddamn right she did. And it's She's power. like, I'm a bullfighter now. Exactly. And you will eat it. And, and the first they did. the first thing is like power of love. Ugh. You know? <laughs> Shut up. The power of love. How much were your tickets? So the tickets were about $128, $130 uh-huh. for a balcony, Damn. which is fine. It's fine because you you should just pay it. <laughs> just because yeah. cause she she has doesn't have that many shows left. Yeah. You should totally just I, I, I'm not just you, everybody should who is even <laughs> remotely, but she does all the hits. Uh-huh. What I noticed is that she did not do anything from the Taking Chances album. Because I love the Taking Chances album. I know the most. I know. I love the most songs from the Taking. I didn't realize how much I love Celine until I went to the <laughs> show. Um, oh my God. But she does. She did this. Uh, Ryan Reynolds asked her to do the opening song for Deadpool 2. Uh-huh. And she has this 10 minute long asinine story about how that all happened. And, part of, and half of it's made up in her head. Because she's just so fun to watch. But anyway, she does the song. Uh-huh. And it's like. People who have, who are not familiar with Deadpool two probably the intersection of like Celine Dion and Deadpool, yeah. but I was giving my gay ass like because it's such a good song and yeah. it's really great. She did Purple Rain. Oh, she did Kiss by Prince. Damn, the groove is in the heart. I know. What? And then of course it all caps off with like her surrounded by a literal waterfall doing uh, My Heart Will Go On. Duh. So duh. Did she do the one with the um? Yes, and that's my with um, a full orchestra. That's my warm up song in the car, and I sing that to myself full voice, like I am covered in sequins as mm-hmm. a matador with a cape and Every everything. Every time in my car, I am. That is, I don't, mm. I don't know what it is about that song that makes me. It's very sing, powerful. Scream my face off, and I love it. <sighs> yeah, good. It was good. Yes, and then you saw John Legend. I did. Well, I saw John Legend here. Okay. So I saw John Legend here. It was so random. I knew he was coming here. And that I was, was like the holiday album of 2018. Oh, yeah. It was, it's a really great holiday album. It is album. a great holiday album. Um, so John Legend came. My friend Heather was like, hey, are you back from Vegas? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm back. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to the John Legend concert tonight, and my friend is sick and can't go. Do you want the ticket? It's already paid for. And I was like, well, fuck yeah, I'm going. Yeah. So I went, not knowing what to expect, never seen John Legend live, mm-hmm. 
go there and it was like it's like super retro it was super retro it was just like he his three backup singers slash dancers were giving like full choreography moments Mm -hmm. for every single song and it was just like the most kind of intricate like choreography and they were like these three beautiful like full plus size black women just like giving it the whole time. Were they giving you like little shop urchins realness? Yes. They were like a lot of this, a lot of that, a lot of uh, uh, like, (laughs) no one can see what I just did, but I did a little thing. I just saw it. You saw it. Oh my God. Don't lie. You saw it. It was so good. It was a nice shoulder pop. And he did, he did the songs. He did the best songs from the album, from Mm -hmm. the Christmas album. And then he did some of his hits. So he did All of Me. He did Ordinary People. Uh He did some songs that I'm not familiar with, but now are new faves. Uh Um, Yeah, it was, it was really great. He was great. Like he said, like I've, he's like, when he's like, did he do slow dance? He did slow dance. (gasps) And then he picked a woman to slow dance with him. Yes. Oh my God. And he was like, who wants to slow dance with me? Don't Uh. worry. Chrissy said it's okay. Cause I was like, oh, she better know. She better know. Cause she's gonna oh cut God. someone. And then she he chose this like very <laughs> this very ecstatic, like older Filipino woman yes. who was sitting in the front row. Yes. Which by the way, the literal difference between where we sat and where like the people in front of us in that VIP section sat was like four hundred dollars difference. Oh in, my God. <laughs> I believe it, yeah. But yeah, like it was just it. It was one of those things. Where it was like you stood up the whole time, of course. And people did sit down for like the slow song because uh-huh. it's still a theater, yeah. and you know the convention of the theater. Sure. But then, but like John had to know. He was like, "I, you can slow down. Everyone, get up, yeah, get yeah. up." I also realized that John Legend and I have the same dance moves. <gasps> oh, which is a lot of like, <laughs> like a lot of like slow step touch, a lot of, a lot of like touch. what, 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 shoulder popping, a little yeah. shoulder pop, a little. Uh, he does a lot of like mini hip thrusting. Oh, which like in his tight pants look good, girl. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, okay, show it, John. I'm glad you were there for that. I was like, it this was review alone. Oh my god, it was so <laughs> good. It, I I was like, yes, I I will see John Legend live again. And he did Green Light, yes. which like I fucking that's one of my favorite songs. And yes. he did Green Light and Green Light with a full horn section where it's like, bah, bah, ready to go. <laughs> yes, yes. So yes, that was my John Legend experience. Yes, we were also San Diego was the final tour, the uh-huh. final destination on the yeah. side. So they and were it was after Christmas. It was after Christmas, and he's like, we're, "You're the last stop. We have a you know this is going to be the best show that we've done. Nice. I can't wait." And it, you couldn't tell like it was it was as if it, it, you can it was so good and so consistent. There were no holes. Like that's awesome. I hope he does another tour like that again. I totally go. That's awesome. Go John Legend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So I went to New York. Oh, is it that time now? Uh, Welcome to Wendy's Fag Corner. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so I saw six shows in New York and I'm not going to get into the semantics of all of them, but let me tell you, it was understudy season, apparently. Oh. I know. <laughs> normally. Oh, girl, yes. Normally, um, throughout the holidays, actors are not understudied because contractually, that's a big ticket buying season. Mm-hmm. And New York houses are generally like original casts mm-hmm. come hell or high water. 
Um, this was not the case for me this year. Every single show I saw had understudies, save for To Kill a Mockingbird. Well, I hope so. It just opened. <laughs> yes. Um, Wait, so every single show? Yes. So I saw My Fair Lady. I saw That was the first show I saw. Now, I bought that ticket. I bought a front row single seat for $200 because I was like, it'll be worth it because I'm going to see Laura Benanti as Eliza Doolittle. I'm going to see Norbert Leo Butts mm-hmm. as her father. And I got there knowing that that Laura Benanti had been out sick for like a week and that I'd probably get her understudy. Two seconds before the house lights dim, stage manager announces at this performance, Norbert Leo Butts, blah, 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 or like the role of mm-hmm. uh, Doolittle. Father Doolittle, whatever. Father, yeah. <laughs> um, will be played by so-and-so, whatever. So like Norbert Butts was out too. And I was like, son of a bitch, motherfucker. <laughs> You're like sitting in the front row of a son Broadway of a theater bitch. being like, I, shut the fuck up. I know. And like the thing is, they were not bad understudies, but mm-hmm. like you could tell that like I'm getting married in the morning would have been like so much fun mm-hmm. with Norbert Butts. Like he would have just gone ape shit. And I was like right there up front. So the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this could be so much better though. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but set for that piece was amazing. The set for the whole show was amazing. It mm-hmm. was literally like a whole house that just rotated 360 on stage. It was amazing. Um, the second night I saw Once on this Island. Oh, who was? <laughs> I saw Once on this Island. Mm-hmm. Um, Lea Salonga was back in it, mm-hmm. which I did not know because Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child was supposed to be in it, but then had to like pull out for her mental health or something mm-hmm. that she's dealing with or whatever. I had no idea, though, that Lea Salonga was going to be back in it. I was really just going for Alex Newell. Yeah. I really just wanted to see Alex Newell mm-hmm. in this before it closed. And then all of a sudden, I had like almost all original cast there. Timoon was not... Haley Kilgore. No, okay. Haley Kilgore was not in that night. Mm-hmm. So I saw her understudy. Was Isaac Powell Daniel? Uh, yes. Oh. Yeah. And um, and Alex Newell was there and Lea Salonga was in it. And it was it was such a beautiful like ensemble show. Mm-hmm. And what they did with that. Was stuff. Tamira Gray? Uh, yes. uh, and she was phenomenal. And yeah, I did she's really not good. expect that. Yeah. Um, that space, like it's just so creative. Mm-hmm. I've, Loved everything I've seen in that theater. Um, but specifically, that set design was like really, really amazing. And um, then I saw American Sun, mm-hmm. which I believe to be one of the greatest plays I've ever seen in my life. Really? Okay. It is timely mm-hmm. and um, important. And probably, like, the smartest discussion I've seen around, like, race relations and police brutality. And um, it, it was so well done. Now, that was supposed to be with Kerry Washington and Stephen Pasquale. Mm-hmm. Um, Kerry Washington was in it, and she's amazing, and she'll win all the Tonys for it. Um, Stephen Pasquale was out, mm. and I was bummed. But his understudy was wonderful. I want to say this, too. Like, I've been seeing New York theaters for 40 years, and I am a champion of understudies. I think, like, there's probably no harder job 
than going in knowing that this ticket paying audience who's paid like $100 plus to see a show because they want to see certain people, like knowing that people are disappointed to see you and then (laughs) you have to then spend the next two hours winning them over. I think that's the hardest job ever. So like I'm such a fan when I see understudies that are great, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And this understudy was really, really great. Yeah. Um, And... And you may not go on. That's the other thing. And you may not go on. There's like an understudy. I think I... I think I was listening to a podcast with like this guy who he understudied Aaron Tevitt in Catch Me If You Can yep. and he never went on because yep. he was like just Aaron was like I'm it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean and again like the discipline of Broadway performers is insane especially when you're dealing with content that is that rigorous and is mm-hmm. that um, uh, like tormenting and it's like it's traumatic material and to have to relive that eight nights in a row Mm -hmm. is or eight shows in a row is uh is phenomenal and so american sun was one of the greatest plays when it's published i will buy it i will read it with students it's amazing um that night i saw mean girls and with my dad um, uh, hey. Hold on. How was that? Um, did he love it? He <laughs> did. He was like, it's fun. It's cute. Um, he was, he said he didn't like the choreography. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, A, good on you for noticing choreo, Mike. I was going to say, I was like, oh, okay. I know. He's awesome. Um, but I think that the choreo was very um, like youthful and cheerleadery. And I think that that's uh, intentional mm-hmm. because... We're in high school and yeah. yeah. So the, a lot of the choreo like kind of seemed over choreographed a little bit, but whatever, it's fine. Um, understudy for Regina George was in Mm. and she sucked and I hated it. I was like, damn it. Because like, you know how good Mm -hmm. Taylor would have been. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then the following week I saw, King Kong and To Kill a Mockingbird. King Kong. Which we've talked about many times on this podcast about you going to see it. We've talked about me going to, and I want to, I kind of want to break this down a little bit. My dad turned to me at intermission and he said, if this puppet was not a part of this, would you be enjoying this? Oh, okay, Mike. Okay. I know. And I said, no, not at all. For a couple of reasons. And I think that that was my attitude going into it also. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't care if this story sucks. I just need to see this puppet. Mm-hmm. The puppet is so beautifully done. Like, I could have just watched that alone for two hours, just mm-hmm. living and breathing and moving on that stage. It was phenomenal and incredible. The story of King Kong becoming a musical was, like, stupid. And the, again, over-choreographed and, again, like understudy Mm. now here's here's the issue i take with this understudy aside from the fact that she was awful Mm -hmm. she was real bad the woman playing ann darrow on board on on in the original cast is an african-american actress this is groundbreaking casting and it shouldn't be but it was a huge moment for representation and um, and to play a role like that where there's really only 
one, there, there's like two or three featured roles in that whole story, aside from the puppet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's one female part in that role, and historically has been played by a white woman, as most roles have been in the past. Um, and Anne Darrow is played by an African-American actress in this production. And she's supposed to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I was like real stoked to see that. Um, our role in Uh-oh. at this performance, the role of Andara will be played by. Blah. So right away, I know I'm getting an understudy. Yeah, I expected that understudy to be an actress of color. Was it not? It was not. Blonde, white, and I was really disappointed. What? White, mm-hmm. auburn, red hairish. Okay. Tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Screamed the part. It was really, really poorly done. But also, I'm like, I think you do your audience as a disservice to put a white woman in as an understudy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I was, I was unhappy well, with that. The 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 kind of racial optics of King Kong in general, like it's supposed to be. It's kind of been. It's kind of been discussed and the discourse around it is that it's like a very it very much is an allegory for like black for like black jungle identity Mm -hmm. coming in to um attack and you know subjugate white women like Mm -hmm. you have this like monster from then the african continent or whatever you know from some foreign exotic land coming in and basically from a jungle from a jungle taking a taking a white woman and doing all that like so like there's there's the already all of this kind of it's already so fraught in that way Mm -hmm. that like it's groundbreaking when you cast an African-American woman or you cast, you know, a beautiful, like you cast her in that role because it's, it's saying something different. It changes that narrative. It changes the narrative. So that's very surprising. They didn't want to just continue that. I was really disappointed in that. Um, The other thing I will say is like, I'm seeing a lot of um, projections in set design Mm. on Broadway that I find really disappointing because there's so, like, technologically, there's so many advances and it feels like, like, they're beautiful to see and it's a very easy way for for you to move the audience from the jungle back into New York City or out on the open seas or whatever, like, very quickly and to create that environment. But it feels like cheating to Mm me. Mm -hmm. And it seems like if I wanted to see a movie, I would see a fucking movie. Yeah. You know? And I feel like so many Broadway designs right now are doing that. And they're putting these projections, which are essentially like movie backgrounds on a stage and letting actors perform in front of them. And that is, that doesn't feel like the New York theater that I grew up with. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't seem... You're gonna, you're it doesn't not, seem authentic. Yeah. Whereas when I see something like, you know, My Fair Lady, where there's a fucking house on stage that rotates, like that's theatrical design to me. Yeah. You know, when I go to see To Kill a Mockingbird and there's this beautiful minimalist like French front porch that like, like with windows that float in and out, like it's it, beautiful theater set design, you know, like it's doable. Um, and so seeing things like Anastasia, like Mean Girls, like uh, King Kong, all of them are just like, overly produced with these projections. And it's like, that's doing the job Mm -hmm. for you a little bit. I don't know. Set designers, if you're out there and you want to talk to me about it, please Mm -hmm. explain this to me. 
I'm really curious, but... No one's going to win or get nominated for a Tony for set design doing projections like that. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, there's that's its own design, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who does projections is yeah. a design within a design, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want to discredit that art form because mm-hmm. some of those designs are extremely sophisticated. Mm-hmm. You know, like backgrounds of like the... Like with King Kong, like the ocean, like the like scaling the Empire State Building, the um, the jungle backgrounds, like all of that stuff, like the city backgrounds as mm-hmm. they're moving through the sh- as the Kong is like running through the streets mm-hmm. of New York. Of course, they're doing all of that with projections and background, you know. So like a lot of that stuff was really sophisticated. It's just not what I wanted to see. Yeah, like I just feel like. As theater artists, it's our job to like recognize our medium and honor that. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are more inventive ways to do it. However, mm-hmm. I think that the people who work in projection design do amazing work. I just, I don't know that I want to see it in, in theater. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Might be unfair of me to I, say. I feel like it works. I feel like for when you're talking about like a community or a regional level, like projections have a way to really add something and add kind of a value and a texture to 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 that. But at mm-hmm. the same time, again, as with anything, it has to make sense. Like mm-hmm. it has to make sense and it can't be just like so obvious that it's, you know, like like when I saw Heart of Rock and Roll, there obviously the background was projection, mm-hmm. but they had set pieces in front of it and the cool thing was that as it was simulating a sunset on a boardwalk. And so the projections, like, gradually it, the sun was setting and it mm-hmm. had, like, this beautiful lights in the background. But that's what I mean. Like, traditional theater, that can be done with lights. That mm-hmm. can be done mm-hmm. in a theater. And I feel like to, to do that in projections mm-hmm. feels like cheating to me. Hmm. I don't know. This is me just being an elitist asshole. <laughs> And me just being like really dated and like kind of just a traditionalist like that. But I don't know. I'm all for like really inventive mm-hmm. theater, but I think some of the most inventive theater I've seen mm-hmm. has happened on like bare stages with no projections, Yeah, you know, but like with set pieces that can be used several different ways. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not a designer, mm-hmm. but yeah. I've just been seeing this trend and I saw it more and more and more. Yeah. Um, Specifically with King Kong, I was like, it's giving me a fucking seizure. Anyway, um, the show was awful. The puppet was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, To Kill a Mockingbird was fucking stunning. Mm -hmm. Stunning. And Celia Mm Keenan-Bolger as Scout was phenomenal. And Jeff Daniels as Atticus was amazing. So it was just so good. So good. I got my fix. Feel good. So the adaptation was good. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely like an Aaron Sorkin mockingbird. You mm-hmm. know, it's a West Wing mockingbird. But <laughs> so lots of talking in rooms. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of, you know, um, but the it's not, the book is not, not recognized. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I felt like the book is much more focused on like the trial of Tom Robinson mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, the play is more focused on Tom Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, than the book was, or not than the book was, but 
I felt like the book was much more focused on this like fable of Boo Radley and mm-hmm. like finding things in the tree and all that. And a lot of that was not present in the play. Mm. And I was okay with it. Is Boo Radley in the play? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it was much more about the trial. Mm-hmm. And it was beautifully done. Mm-hmm. And it's a mockingbird for 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 now. For today. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was here for it. Okay. I loved it. So you got your fix. I got my fix. I got my fix. Are you sustained for another few months? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, th- I believe so. Okay. I shall I shall power through. I shall persevere. Um, let's end the year on the Kennedy Center honors. Did you watch? All I have to say is I do believe in love after love. Yo. Can how we? beautiful was that? Oh, my. I was like, this could be really hokey. Because when it started off slow, I was like, this could be really hokey. And then I was like, no, I believe it. <laughs> He I was believe so good. So Adam Lamper sang "Believe" mm. to share mm-hmm. as a ballad, mm-hmm. and brought as the, a gay man, as an openly gay like brought the goddamn house down. Yes, and Cindy Lauper came out, bless her, and screamed if I could turn back time, and mm-hmm. she did. And oh I love. <laughs> I thought you were in Los Angeles. She goes, I lied. Um, I think the Kennedy Center honors really were all about Cher and Reba McIntyre for me. I didn't give a shit about the Hamilton shit on there. We don't care about Philip Glass. I don't care about, I mean, you know, I'm I'm always like pleasantly surprised to Uh learn about the people I didn't know about, Mm -hmm. like Philip Glass and there was another saxophone player. Yeah, 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 yeah. the the jazz guy. Yeah. Yes. So I was like pleased to learn about them, Mm -hmm. but really the whole evening was about Reba Kelly Clarkson's tribute to Reba, who mm. sweet mother Jesus. You people for people sleep on her. People sleep that Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson's a country girl, and she her is. and Reba have been connected since. That's her mother-in-law. Yeah, since she's been married. Well, like they they did a song together. I wonder uh-huh. if that's um uh they did uh because of you uh-huh. they did it as like um I forget I don't know if it's off her first or second album but it was because of you they did as a country mm-hmm. duet. I did not know that they were they are they were connected until Reba McIntyre her son. Mm-hmm. is married to Kelly Clarkson. So Reba is grandma to her babies. Mm. Um, oh, God. It was just such a beautiful tribute, and it was such a great way for her to honor her mother-in-law, but also her idol. And Yeah. Um, oh, God. Because she probably grew up. I mean, I, I, I think that was when... I remember her doing like some sort of interview um, when that came out, mm-hmm. uh, when, the, when the duet came out. She's like, I've idled this woman for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so good. Um, the Hamilton shit, I was just like, meh. So what are your thoughts on the on the cabinet being honored? <laughs> so my thoughts on the cabinet being honored, I for its place in American pop culture, yes, I think Hamilton is today's Camelot, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, great. And should be honored. Wonderful. Um, I thought it was weird that they weren't sitting in the booth with everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're going to honor them, Put them in the booth. Honor them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they weren't being honored because they were also performing. So Mm. like they didn't sit up in the booth because they were also on that stage that night. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and it's weird because some people were like, yeah, but it's kind of like a special honor. It's not like really the honor. And I'm like, no, they were wearing the same rainbow neck pieces that every honoree receives. So they were honored with a Kennedy Center honor for that specific work. Like, Lynn Miranda wasn't nominated as Lynn Miranda. Yeah. He was nominated for Hamilton. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um... 
I feel like maybe they did that in order to, sh- like... So to- that they can honor them later in life. Exactly. Yeah, so sure. that way, you didn't sit in the booth, but, you know, 40 years from now, you'll sit yeah. in the booth and... Yeah, probably. Um, or 10 years from now, probably. Well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> whatever. At the rate um, he's going. Yeah, but... Yeah. I don't know. I, I was like, meh. Okay. Cool. Hmm. Like, honor it for its body of work. That's cool. But, like... The performances I felt like were lackluster and mm-hmm. didn't need to be there and yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, I was really, really thrilled with the Cher tribute and the Reba. But I was talking with my mom and she was like, who do you think will be next? And I'm like, when is Madonna mm. going to be honored? You know, when we think about culturally who has left a mark on American artistry. Yeah. I Like Madonna's freaking 60 years old. Like honor her, you know what I mean. Like, I just think we're we're nearing that time where like the artists that I grew up with are about to be honored. You know. Do you think she's just too incendiary a personality? I'm, Cher was. I'm t- I'm thinking I, that's the thing. I was like, Cher's pretty. You know, LL pretty... Cool J was honored last year. Like, mm-hmm. you know. So I think we're approaching a time where our peoples are, are already starting to be. I mean, when LL was honored mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. I was like, what? Okay. Here, it'll be Queen Latifah. <laughs> it'll mm. be Madonna. <laughs> I don't think Queen Latifah's... I mean, she's definitely spanned, like, mm-hmm. movies and music. But, like, Madonna in terms of, like... Madonna's, like, The longevity yeah. of her artistry. Mm-hmm. And Davida, she's done. Has Dolly that. Parton been honored? Yes, I believe. Okay. Yes. I think... I th- I want to say yes because I have gone through... My mom and I were watching it together, and mm-hmm. I ran through literally all of who was honored in what year. Mm-hmm. I think Dolly Parton was in there. Okay. Yeah. But that's it. That's a good point about Madonna. Hmm. That's interesting. I know. Well, Listen you up, heard, Kennedy You heard Center. it here first, Kennedy Center. It came from me. Honor her ass. You actually, you can go to the Kennedy Center website and submit people mm-hmm. to be honored. Um so I, you know, I think she's she's coming up in the next five years, I'd say. Mm, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Shall I end this episode on my gift opening? Yes, yeah, so it'll be a good segue and a good bridging moment. Mm-hmm. So I, I got Wendy a gift to show her my appreciation. And Josephine's a better friend than I am because I did not get her a gift. Mm, oh, it's well. fine. Your friendship is gift enough. Oh, and nice. I, I will say before you open it that it represents something from 2018 Okay. that I think you have a really deep connection to in okay. life. Okay. Um, also, beautifully wrapped. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I, um, I, I wrapped it myself. Okay, okay, okay. <gasps> what? Um, I will say this. I think I know what this is. Okay. I hope you don't have one already. Well, Lorraine might have gotten me. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You hear the wrapping. She is unwrapping I am it. literally unwrapping it right now. <gasps> no. This is not what Lorraine got Yeah. Me. Lorraine got me a um, an RBG doll. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Guys, Josephine bought me a Mr. Rogers doll. I got her a Mr. Rogers Funko Pop that, oh, and he's holding a he's holding the neighborhood trolley. The neighborhood trolley. Oh, I love it. Now look in the back. Look in the back. It says. 
<laughs> it's got Fred Rogers. And- it sure does. Celebrating the classic series. 50 years. Ugh. Oh, I love. Thank you, Josephine. So, yes. so enjoy. I will. May it grace now, your home. When you get figurines like this, do you take them out? You can. Or do you I leave mean, them in box? So I am a firm believer that they don't need to live in the box. Yeah. But if you're like Joshua, where one day you could sell <laughs> these things, yeah. he keeps them, he's kept them in the box. Okay. But I'm you can not take, gonna keep them yeah, in the box. Take it out. Enjoy I have, it. Like, I have a little um in my laundry room, I have like a little like row of um, I call it like my my representation. Your island. representation, your representation island. <laughs> so in this this representation, no representation corner is what I call it. Um, I have thick Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> I have one of those. Um, oh God, not, it's not an American Girl doll, but it's one of those like doll collector dolls or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's called Wendy for president. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay, got that. Now I have RBG and now I have Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. So, so enjoy. Thank you, boo boo. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I was like, Hello. you know, who's going to appreciate the shit out of this? Yes. Wendy. You straight up. Right. Thanks queen. And that's a good segue because we're done with 2018. This is 2018. So, Stay tuned. We're going to give you a little bonus episode. <gasps> what? Shall we talk about our bonus? What? What? When you listen to these 12 months, you get one half hour free. Mm. What? Um, what a deal. I know. We're going to recap and do our, our top fives of, of the whole year before we move into this 2019 year of art. So it's been real, kids. Thanks Th- for listening. Thanks, all. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>